Hey guys, it's your host, Sam Evans, and welcome back to another episode of Lifestyle Redesigned. In today's episode, it is definitely a long one because you guessed it, I am interviewing a fellow solo traveler. Her name is Kaylee Parker, and she is 24 years old. In September of 2020, she moved abroad and lived in Zanzibar, Tanzania for around nine months. Since then, She's traveled to places like Zambia, Egypt, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, Mexico, and more. Now she is traveling around Latin America and sharing sustainable travel tips all across her social media. This was such a cool episode to record just because we related on so many things. Um, and it was just fun to kind of share our solo travel experiences, especially when it comes to figuring out the language barrier. We both have some funny stories to tell, so stay tuned for that. Kaylee was a really awesome guest to have on the show, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear everything that she has to share. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So where are you now? I know it took us a couple weeks to kind of get this recording started. I'm in Piper, Colombia. It's a small-ish town in the mountains. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for anybody that might not know you, would you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about your journey and kind of like, I mean, you could talk about how you got to Colombia, but just in general, like, what's your story? So my name is Kaylee. I'm 23 years old. I'm originally from New York and I went to Tulane University in New Orleans where I studied international development. And that was like one of the most exciting moments for me because I had never thought that I could actually like study what I was interested in before. And that's kind of traveling around the world and learning about different cultures and different people and like actually being able to help them and learning about what works in different cultures and what doesn't work. And when I was in high school, I went on a school trip and that really kickstarted my love for traveling. I went to France and Spain and wow, it was like stepping into I mean, a whole new world, as cheesy as that sounds. I mean, it was my first time leaving the United States and getting to like practice a new language that I'd learned. And ever since then, I've like always been itching to travel and go somewhere new. And so it was a little harder to travel when I was in university, but I went on a group trip to Tanzania in May of 2019. And that was just as incredible as the first travel experience was, where it really like showed me culture that was so different from the one I was used to and one that was so focused on happiness and enjoying your life rather than just living to work, which really resonated with me. And ever since then, I've just known that I don't know. I want to travel as much as possible. I've been back to Tanzania two times since. I actually lived there for nine months from September of 2020 to like June of 2021. Yeah, I've been to some places in Africa and I'm currently backpacking Latin America. It's been pretty epic. I've been to, yeah, I've been to Costa Rica, Panama, and now I'm in Colombia. Wow. That's awesome. Like, honestly, whenever I see people like who travel full time, essentially, it's like, 
That is just so cool to me, you know. I know it can be hard because I know that like traveling from place to place and not really having like a home base is like difficult at times, but I don't know. I feel like it's just like a totally different journey than like the conventional one. It totally is. I don't know, maybe like two months or so I was traveling a lot. Like I was going somewhere new pretty much every two to three days, like not staying anywhere for very long. And don't get me wrong, it was very exciting. And it was incredible getting to see new places every day and meeting new people and going on adventures. But I've been doing volunteering here in Colombia for a week and a half or so. And I have probably about another two weeks or so left. And it's been so nice to have like a home base because like you were saying, when you're traveling full time, you don't have that. And it's nice to be able to like unpack my bags and not have to constantly live out of my backpack and like do my laundry and things like that. But yeah, no, traveling full time is incredible. I am so thankful to have the opportunity and to have like family that supports my crazy ideas whenever I'm like, oh, I'm going to go here without absolutely anything planned. And they're like, go for it. Right. Do you just have a backpack or? Okay. So I have an Osprey, I think it's 55 liters. And I think it's either the Farview or the Farpoint. There's one that's for men and one that's for women. And I can never remember the name of which, but I have the female version. And that's like the big backpack I put on my back. A lot of people travel with just that one and take the like detachable day pack off and put it on the front. And like, that's their backpack situation. I am not that person. I also have like a backpack, like a regular size backpack for my front because I'm trying to do some digital nomad work and photography while traveling. So I needed my camera and my planner and my like computer and stuff. So I couldn't quite get everything to fit in the one big backpack. So I've got two. I definitely look a little silly, but I've just embraced it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I know like when people say, you know, they're backpacking around a certain country or or anything like that or among countries. So you're telling me all you have is a backpack. Like for me, I'll go on like a week long trip and I have like two luggages. I'm like, how do I narrow things down? You know? Yeah. (laughs) It's a challenge. When I was packing, I... I remember actually I made TikTok videos that were like pack with me's and it was like all the clothes I wanted to bring like laid out in this really like aesthetic packing video. But in that I had never tried to make everything fit in my backpack before and I had to cut out like half of the stuff because it was like my desires of what I wanted to bring and the outfits I wanted to bring like just were were not going to work with the space I was working with. Wow. That was like the awake. And I mean, it's been very much like a minimalistic life, like with in terms of outfits. Actually, like here in where I am in Colombia, it's a lot colder than every other place that I've been. And I did not prepare for that. So I've been, I have overalls and like a pair of leggings and I've been wearing them so much and washing them because I just didn't did not pack for that. It's a lot easier if you're going to hotter places because I mean, everything is smaller right, and lighter. But it was a challenge for me. And I'm still like after my first two weeks in Costa Rica, I got rid of four or five pieces of clothing because I was struggling to close my backpack every single time. And since I said I was moving like every two or three days, it was too much. I was like, I can't do this. I can't have to sit on my bag every day. It's like killing me. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm not... I haven't mastered it. There are definitely people like I was traveling with some other people for a little bit that I had met in hostels and they had smaller bags and I had a lot of respect for them. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. It's I feel a lot stronger now because I have to carry my bag all the 
time, which is kind of empowering too. But yeah, I'm definitely not the master packer that I thought I was going to be. Yeah, right. Well, I went to school in Florida and I had to pack, you know, suitcases for that. And I got like, you know, a whole closet full of clothes in a luggage, you know. But then when I moved to Chicago, I was like, wait, what's going on? Like my jacket and like three sweaters is filling up this one like little carry on, you know. So yeah, I feel like the smart way to backpack is to go to hotter places because you can get like way more tank tops in and and shorts and stuff. (laughs) I also always look crazy on my travel dates, especially if I'm flying, because I never pack my jacket or my sweatshirt in my bag. That always comes with me. Doesn't matter if I'm flying from one hot place to another, I'm carrying it because I know that they like, they can't tell you not to. And it like saves that space in my bag. I've learned that I prefer taking buses even though it's like much longer and sometimes it's comfortable sometimes it's not but like I have my hiking boots tied to the outside of my bag and like yeah I brought a hammock with me which probably wasn't necessary but it's coming a lot of handy and like that's also on the outside of my bag but when you're flying you can't do that everything has to go in but yeah no I'm not the the traveler that goes to the airport looking like she stepped off a runway. I look a little crazy, but I just embrace it. Yeah, you have to, you know, you kind of have to. So, well, what has been like your favorite place so far? I mean, on this journey or even in general? And for what reason? I guess you could pick more than one if you want, but. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to give you two answers there. So in general, I would say Tanzania, specifically Zanzibar is one of my favorite places in the whole world. I mean, if you know me, it's an obvious answer. It's where my boyfriend is from. And it's where like I have like a second family there, a second home. They embraced me and made me feel so welcome and loved. And I could not be more thankful than that. Sorry, I could not be more thankful for that. But also the nature there is absolutely stunning. I'm a huge like ocean beach girl. I grew up on Long Island, which I mean, it's really cold for half the year, but I'm used to having the ocean like a driving distance away. Right. So getting to live in paradise with people that, you know, you became really close to and everyone's always happy and just like being shown so much kindness all the time. And then having like dolphins in the ocean, like all the time and like beautiful fish. And I don't know, all of that. I love it. And then on this trip, I would say Costa Rica is probably my favorite because of similar reasons. The nature is just absolutely stunning. Everyone I met was so nice, both like travelers and local people. The Pura Vida lifestyle is alive and well, just like in Tanzania, the Hakuna Matata lifestyle. They're pretty similar. I think that's why I like them both so much. The beaches were beautiful. The sunsets were beautiful. Got to see animals like all the time. Yeah. So I think I would say Costa Rica for this trip. I mean, Colombia has been great. Don't get me wrong. I really love it. I have seen some stunning landscapes, some stunning cities. I think people are really nice. It's one of my favorite things actually so far about Costa Rica and Colombia is that like as a traveler, especially if I'm in a smaller area or maybe I don't know what's going on, I could ask somebody a question and they'll help me with like a smile on their face, which being from the States, like that doesn't always happen if you like have a question or like me in a bus station, somebody will come up to me and be like, where are you going? And not because they want to take advantage of you because they want to actually help you like get to the right place. Right. And like point you in the right direction, which is just so nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, some people out there just 
don't like Americans. So it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. <laughs> At least you've found those places where, you know, they kind of just take you in and I don't know, just like treat you normally, like treat you like a human, <laughs> like be nice to you. Yeah, I like being able to like step out of that like tourist role because that's something that's really important to me when I travel. I try to, as like cheesy as it says, like get off the beaten path of like tourists and travelers because I don't want to just see like the little beautified areas of a country that like is all the tourists see. Like I don't want to just go to five-star resorts, which I actually pretty much never go to, but like I want to see the actual place that I'm visiting. I want to talk to people that live there and hear about what life is actually like. I want to see their favorite places, try their favorite foods, stuff like that. So it's really nice when you can, you know, connect with people on a deeper level and like be seen as more than just like a tourist. Yeah, I think it's important too, because like you said, you get to experience the culture of it as opposed to just experiencing what everybody else experiences when they when they go to visit, you know? It was really interesting because I went on um like a little adventure day with my friend in Costa Rica to do all the like bucket list activities like zip lining and hot springs and horseback riding. And it was like a whole day excursion thing that was planned with the company. And everyone else on the trip for the day was staying at like five star resorts and stuff. And it was really, really interesting to like have me and my friend be these backpackers, like down to earth travelers. And then these people that are like only staying in luxury five star resorts and just like the difference was crazy. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. So well, when you went to Tanzania, did you go you did you, you said you went with a group of people? Or was that like another volunteer trip? Yeah, the first time I went was with a group called Give Volunteers. They came to speak at my university. And I was like, wow, this sounds like a great experience. And I mean, it was I loved it. They have trips all around the world. Um, but I chose Tanzania because what I was studying in school is like a focus on the African continent. So I was like, this is my chance to actually get there. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. I think that if you're somebody that wants to travel and maybe you don't have friends that are willing to travel with you or want to go to the same places and you're nervous to take the first steps to solo travel, I think group trips are like the perfect way to do it because it's like solo travel to an extent, but at the same time, like you're with a group of people and you get to meet them and right. travel with them. Yeah. And most of the time, I feel like everyone that's on a group trip is solo or at least only knows like one person. So you kind of get that like everyone's feeling the same thing as you. So it's a lot easier to meet people. I remember that when I went to the coolest one was definitely Puerto Rico. We went to the El Yunque rainforest and we ziplined through the rainforest. And when I tell you, I've never experienced anything like that, which is why like I will always love the beauty of nature over the beauty of the city, because I feel like, you know, cities are beautiful. You're on a rooftop and, you know, you can see like the skyline and everything like that. That's gorgeous. It's amazing being able to be like, just like look out your window and just see everybody just having a good time and things like that. When you're Going through a forest, like when you're watching the sunset on the beach, when you're like, I don't know, you have views that cannot be replicated. I feel like that's what like mm -hmm. makes me fall in love with travel every single time. You know, there's never like, right? There's never like a, a moment where I'm like, yep, this is when I knew that travel was right for me. I've known every single time I go through experiences where I'm like, you can't get this anywhere else. Like this is a a once in a lifetime like view and opportunity and experience it's like you just can't replicate it 
It's so special. Like I'm a huge nature girly. I love a city, like you said. There's something special about visiting a new city and seeing it, but there's something even more special about being in like new landscapes and seeing things that like you've never seen before and things that are unique to that area where that's not always the case with cities. Right, exactly. And going to a new place of nature, I just I feel like even more connected to the environment, just because like you're surrounded by just like constant beauty, you know, even if it's just like, and I know how like kind of cliche it sounds, but like even if it's just the birds in the background, like as opposed to cars and, and taxis and things like that, it's just so different. And like, I don't know, I just love experiencing that. I never get tired of a sunset. I never get tired of a pretty landscape, some mountains, hearing birds chirping in the background. It's always nice. Always chasing that feeling. (laughs) Right. Me too. I totally feel that. But I guess my last kind of question for you or like just topic is, is like financials and like money and things like that. And for me, the biggest question, I've only been on a couple solo trips, but every time I post about it, either someone, one of my friends, like in person or coworkers or things like that, or just DMs on Instagram is like, how do you afford it? Like, do you not have any other responsibilities? Do you not have anything else to pay for? And it's like, I feel like there's such a weird stigma around money and travel, like the connection of the two. So like, I'm just wondering like what your experience is, because I feel like every traveler kind of gets that question pretty often. Oh, totally. And I think it completely depends on the type of person and the type of traveler you are, because you'll also, you'll always experience a difference, whether you're somebody that's like long, trying to long-term backpack or somebody that's going on a week, two week trip, you're going to immediately be able to tell the differences. Like I am definitely a budget backpacker. I try to find the best hostel for the best price. And I, and that to me means like, for example, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but the Selena brand hostels are like the nicest hostels everywhere. It's for the people that are like, just getting into it maybe not sure if that's what they want to try they're very nice like we call them as a joke like the five-star hostels right the hostel that's not a hostel some of them have like three pools you know like they're like luxury hostels exactly but like that's not where i'm staying because in costa rica for example they were like usually 30 dollars a night which is ridiculous like you could find hostels for half that price that were still nice so it's like Doing the research and if you're on a strict budget, trying to plan ahead, especially my biggest tip is if you're going to Costa Rica and it's anywhere near the high season, plan as much ahead as possible when it comes to booking accommodations. I know that's not the backpacker lifestyle, but things would be sold out so far in advance because there were so many people there that you'd be forced to like make the more expensive decision. But yeah, I mean, if you're worried about spending a lot of money, maybe don't go to a country like Costa Rica first come somewhere like Colombia, for example, where things are much cheaper in comparison. For example, a hostel bed in a dorm, like a a good hostel, six or seven dollars a night, 10 like maximum. Yeah. Like I was getting multiple nights at a hostel for the price in Colombia for the price of one in Costa Rica. And that is the same with like eating out in Costa Rica. I would meet people at hostels and like, you want to go out with your new friends, you want to go get some dinner, get some drinks. That's all fun and well. But if you are trying to long-term travel, that's not going to be feasible every day or for every meal. So it's like finding the time to do that, like 
I don't know, maybe every other day, go out for dinner with them, but also not being afraid to say like, I'm going to stay in and cook dinner tonight or something like that. But when you guys are done, totally meet up with you to go out or something like that. It's like having those boundaries, because if you don't, then you get yourself into a situation where you're, you're out of money in a foreign country. I think it's important to do research based on like how much money you think you're going to need. But I also think, like you said, there's a really negative stigma against traveling and money and it's not necessarily expensive like for example the volunteering that i'm doing right now in colombia is in exchange for four hours of work a day which is two two-hour english classes i get my a private room i get three meals a day and i get like money for transportation included i have access to a washing machine so i can do my laundry and like just also the sweetest person and i'm living on like farmland there's animals everywhere like it's i could not have asked for a better setup and i spend no money like it's like you don't have to spend money to travel obviously like you have to get from point a to point b but like it's much more affordable than everybody thinks and i always get the question like how did you afford to do this i saved up money yeah and i have a like some like photography work that I've been doing with brands on the side but I've been applying for jobs like every day and it's not because I like necessarily need more money but it's like I'm trying to figure out what I want to do and that's why I came on this trip right and yeah it's not as expensive as it needs to be I mean you have to pick your experiences too like I went scuba diving in Costa Rica which was incredible and I did it because I wanted to see sea turtles and I did so it was worth it but like it's an expensive thing to do. So it's like, I'm going to do it here. And then I'm probably not going to do it again for my trip. Or like I had friends that I was traveling with that were traveling for shorter periods of time that could afford to like do all of those trips and all of those like excursions. And I was like, it's not for me. I don't, I'm not upset that I'm missing out because I have so many things ahead of me, but like picking and choosing and being smart, <laughs> not falling for tourist traps, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Well, I think it comes into play what we were talking about before in terms of like living like a local is go to the local restaurants as opposed to the tourist ones because you know they're going to be taxing on the ones that they know everyone that's visiting is going to go to. Yep. And and it's like everybody knows that. Sometimes I do think going to a touristy restaurant could be easier just because, you know, especially in a foreign country, maybe everyone speaks English as opposed to trying to do the translations and things like that. Like I remember when I went to Barcelona, I my friend lives there, so I was like, we did not even touch the touristy like area of Barcelona. We stayed like, you know, where she lived. And then we went up to the mountains for a little bit. Not a single person spoke English. And it was so difficult because I wanted to do things on my own. But then it was like, I have to get everything translated. I need some help, you know. And even when we went to Paris for like a couple days, same thing. Like we were on the train and nobody spoke English and they're having this announcement on the train, like saying the train's being delayed. We had no idea what was going on. So I feel like trying to live like a local is really great, especially when it comes to money and, and I don't know, just like being able to afford things more and meeting people and having that like genuine experience. But it can also be hard, like if you don't know another language. I would say that my biggest tips are one, everyone always says learn key phrases, which like I agree. But the biggest thing I would say is learn the phrase like I am learning this language, because especially as an English speaker, I feel like there's such a negative connotation around our like tourists visiting places and the expectation 
that everyone will speak English or like that you refuse to even try to learn the language like that idea. Like, obviously, it's hard to learn new language and they're not going to expect you to be local um, fluent. But I have found that saying like I'm learning Spanish first before I like try to ask for a bus ticket or try to order my food they smile or they laugh and they're like happy to like help you along that journey of like trying to do it instead of it being like a frustration thing but i totally use google translate all the time i could not recommend more downloading the language of the place that you're going because you can do that like you download it so even if you have no connection to like wi-fi or data you can look up what you need to say or what they're saying or scan the menu or something like that. But yeah, I totally feel you. Here in Colombia, there's much less English speakers or people that know English than like Costa Rica, for example. And I had a similar experience to you on the train in Paris. I was taking an overnight bus from Medellin to Bogota to come and do my volunteering. And I heard I had taken the same bus like the other direction. So I was very confident like in this, this, um, trip and then the middle of the night something happened I don't know I was asleep and I woke up and everybody I heard like the end of a really fast announcement in Spanish and then everybody's like getting up and I'm half asleep and I woke up and I was like I don't know what's going on I start putting on my shoes and then I turned to the person behind me and I was like in my butchered Spanish I was like I'm sorry but like what's going on? Do we have to get off? And they're just like, yes, they said we have to get off. And so then I walk off. <laughs> We're on the side of the road in Colombia. It's, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what's going on? And the guy just like, there was another bus. I think there was like an issue with the bus, like it broke down or something, but they just like handed us our bags and put us on another bus. So like it worked out, but it was totally that moment where I was like, I chose the more budget friendly option of taking the bus instead of taking the flight. And now I'm here. Thankfully, everything worked out and I didn't really need to use my Spanish that much. But I was here like, what am I supposed to do? I right. Like anything could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just going with it, rolling with it. I don't know. I've had great experiences, though. There's definitely some laughs, but there's also definitely some frustrating moments. Like on that 24 hour travel day, I have bought so many bus tickets in Spanish. OK, since I started traveling, like upwards of 20. I know my Spanish is not perfect, but I know how to buy a bus ticket, okay? Like, I know how to do that. And I had to buy my last bus ticket to get here. It had been, like, a, a full day of traveling. I'm exhausted. And I go up to buy the ticket, and it's granted to a more, like, rural area where not a lot of tourists go. Mm-hmm. And the dude was talking to me, and he was like, why are you going there? And I was like, what? Like, you, I don't need to explain why I'm going there to you. And then I, like, just said, like, oh, I'm going to see my friend. Like, I'm meeting a friend or something. And he said, okay, well, then come back with your friend to buy the ticket. Because I guess he assumed she knew better Spanish. And I was like, no, you don't understand what I'm saying now. I'm meeting my friend there. Like, I can't. That's not going to work. And he then told me to come back in, like, 45 minutes to buy the ticket. And I was like, I wanted to cry. I was texting on my friends. And I was like, this has been the longest day. And the language barrier is like getting to me now. And I'm just like, I wish that everything worked out. And I mean, it did. I went back in 45 minutes and I bought my ticket and it was fine. Right. But it was like, there are definitely those moments where you're like, wow, what's going on? Where am I? How did this, how did I get here? Yeah, it's tough. I was just going to say like, it's life lessons and experience in it. It teaches you things that you wouldn't learn any other way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, one good piece of advice that I've heard is when you're first starting off, 
go somewhere where you speak the language because like you said if you if that was your first time traveling and you had to deal with super strong language barrier I would cry in that moment you know what I mean because it's like why did you pick that spot like oh my god this was such a bad decision I'm never going on another trip again like if you choose a place that's super hard to communicate with people it could you know ruin your idea of travel but if you do go somewhere where you can communicate better or maybe you choose a touristy spot at first or something like that I feel like that kind of gets like you more excited and kind of makes you want to like dive a little bit deeper into taking that chance of going somewhere where you don't speak the language or or just somewhere different that you would never like expect yourself to go. I totally agree. And I think being on social media as like somebody that makes travel content is also so helpful because like having not only my community, but like the people I follow that are like the big, the big people that have been like everywhere and having like resources, your disposal of like places to go, things to do are also so helpful because yeah, I chose, I I have not been to like an English speaking country on my adventures yet, but I do think that is best advice. If you are nervous, I've heard Iceland is a great place to go first because it's one of the safest places in the world. And I I might be wrong, but I think a lot of people speak English there or just like Europe in general can be a great decision. But yeah, having like doing the research for me as a person, as a planner, makes me feel more prepared for anything. Having like lists of things to do, resources to look at makes me feel better. Yeah, for sure. And I think just going back to like the budgeting and the the money side of things, like having those resources to know like, okay, like your dollar is going to have more value here than here. You know what I mean? Or like cheapest spots to go in this country or, or most expensive spots or places to avoid or, or things like that. I feel like social media is like such at our fingertips and just like the internet in general, like Googling things, like sit down with yourself for a couple of hours and just like plan it out. You know, if like, if you need that to have a peace of mind before your trip, which like I do to a certain extent, I try not to over plan because then it's like, I know it's not going to go exactly like that. Like you said, like you can't plan that your bus is going to break down and you're going to have to, you know what I mean? Like you can't over plan, but to an extent, like have an idea, have like those resources handy for like all things travel, budgeting and transportation and languages and, and everything. Yeah. Even just like an idea of how much things should cost. I, one thing I will say though, is like, you also have to be aware, like when you're doing that, that maybe the person you're getting the travel tips from didn't have the same plan as you or didn't like want the same things because like I've seen people who travel around Costa Rica that only took like private transfers for example from like point A to point B and those are very expensive it's like $50 a person yeah and like if you did your research and saw that and thought that was the only way like it might freak you out of like how much money you're gonna spend where like you can take the bus a lot of us take the bus they're pretty easy to figure out. They're much cheaper. Like that was something that I was worried about. It's because I was seeing so many of the big travelers that go there were taking like $50 private transfers or like the little Mercedes-Benz minivans like converted with AC, which are like great. But if you're trying to do budget travel and that's the only thing you find, you're going to think it's impossible. Right. So it is, like you said, it's important to like do planning and have an idea, but like not be so stuck to everything that you find online and still be open to like figuring things out yourself. Yeah, for sure. It's important to like get 
advice from multiple people because like you said, okay, we all have that like those like one or two influencers or or just people in general that like you follow and you're like, oh, I want to go there. Let's see what they did. But like if you find somebody that might be more like budget friendly or or something like maybe they're the ones that you should kind of like listen to, you know? <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of people do this now, but I have like so many folders saved on Instagram of like I do it for each country. So it's like Columbia travel. And anytime I see somebody like post something about that, I'll save it to that folder. And it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling, planning a trip is to like then go through that folder and like look at all of it. It's like, it's so fun. Yeah, exactly. And it keeps it organized. Yeah, I love it. You can just go right back to it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, with all of this said, like what would be a piece of advice or something that you would tell your younger self or like Mm. even you when you first started like this whole travel journey and, and wanting to go by yourself and keeping up with a relationship and saving money and like everything that we've kind of talked about in this episode, like what advice would you give to yourself or somebody who's kind of like just starting this journey? I would say this is again going to sound very cheesy, but to believe in yourself. There is so much self-doubt that comes before a big trip or a big life change or a big anything where you're like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Can I do this? Is this just a big mistake? And I mean, with all of those questions, you're never going to find out the answer until you do it. But I would say like nine times out of 10, you can do it. And putting yourself in those positions is like, again, the only way you're going to find out. And if I had never would have taken the steps to do the things that I've done, like I would never be able to have the faith in myself that I do that like I can do it. One of the things that like my family, when I went back home for a while, They've watched me grow up. So it's like, yes, I'm 23, but maybe in their minds, I'm not 23. Like I'm still the little girl that I was. And it's like, I've survived in different countries where I don't know the language, where the culture is completely different. I have thrived even. And it's like knowing for yourself that you are able to do that and you have done it. And you can even do something as simple as carrying all of your belongings on your back without anybody else's help. It's very empowering. And it's something that like can be very hard to find in any other like context without taking the step and traveling. I think that my biggest like slogan of the year, slogan of the traveling is feel the fear, but do it anyway. I have anxiety. I am somebody that has generalized anxiety. I am always feeling some type of way about For sure, for sure. But it's important to like not let that stop you. And something that I've been thinking about a lot that I actually learned in therapy was that anxiety and excitement are two sides of the same emotion. And sometimes before a big trip, like before I moved to Tanzania, I was very what I thought was anxious for no reason, but I was actually just excited and I wasn't sure how to like channel that energy and those emotions in the right way. And I feel the same thing here. Like the first time I had to take the bus here to get to the school to volunteer, I was texting my friends like, why am I so nervous to get on this bus right now? And then I did it. And I like got the bus, got off at the right place. And I was like, I really did that. Like I was nervous and I was afraid. I did it anyway. And now I'm so proud of myself because I was able to do something. I stepped out of my comfort zone and I did it. And it's like moments like that 
only help you grow as a person. And you can't, again, you can't do it unless you step out of your comfort zone. Right. Honestly, I think that's something that I needed to hear. And, you know, Good. I'm glad I could. <laughs> right, right. I hope everyone that's listening is going to take that advice because that is great advice. That's something I've never heard before. And, and I love that because I genuinely feel the same way, even like going somewhere for work for the first time. It's like, oh my God, I'm meeting like coworkers. Are they going to like me? Are they not? But it's actually like that feeling of excitement, like new friends, new people, new new possibilities. Right, exactly. And then with traveling, you're getting on that plane. It's like, oh my God, you could be like shaking, but like that's because you're excited. You know, you're not like scared. Like you chose to do it and and you just got to do it. I love that. Absolutely. That sounds, that's like exactly what I needed to to hear at least. (laughs) Good. I'm glad I could share that. Yeah, it's a special experience for sure. And I wish more people would do it. And I'm really actually like loving how much I've been seeing on Instagram and TikTok lately, like girls doing it, girls stepping out of their comfort zones and doing it. And I'm like, yes, do that. I'm so proud of you. Right. Exactly. It's like girl power. We got to support each other. And they're such a supportive community. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. And I feel like also just as women in travel, we all understand like the struggles that come along with like the the fun stuff, you know, like just being being a woman in this world in general, like exactly, we get it. We get each other. We don't have to explain anything. We just get each other. And seeing people on Instagram and social media in general, it's like, we know what she went through to get there and she's still doing it. So yeah. So many people ask me things like, Oh, aren't you like scared or aren't you afraid? Or like, how, how do you know that you're going to feel safe? And I'm like, honestly, I don't usually feel safe every day in the United States. So like traveling to me was never like a thing about safety. It's like, you're a woman in the world. Like you, there are things that you unfortunately have to like always have in the back of your mind, but like that you shouldn't let that stop you. You should not forget it, but you shouldn't let it stop you. And the community online is so supportive. Like, I love it. Everyone's so nice. I know. I know. Right. And and just being cautious, too, because I think at least for me, sometimes I could get in my head so much about how confident I am that I forget that like not everybody else is like seeing it as confidence. You know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. just still being aware of your surroundings and like making sure you're safe for yourself and and still doing it, like you said, but just be aware. (laughs) Trust your gut. Like so many people when they ask me things about safety, I say, trust your gut. If something, if you're in a situation and you don't feel comfortable, get yourself out of the situation. Right. And that goes for anywhere, any place that you are, any situation, trust your gut. Like you will know if something's up and you're not supposed to be there or something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I like what you said, how it's not like the States is the safest place in the world. And then when you, when you leave here, it's like danger zone. It's like, this is a danger zone. (laughs) Exactly. Like, "Mm, do we live in the same country? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, are we experiencing the same thing or what? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it was so great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a great conversation. I had an awesome time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. So where can people find you and see all your travel adventures? Okay. So I am on Instagram. It's at Kale of the Wild and it's K-A-I-L of the wild. I tried to make like a pun on call of the wild to make it like travel related, but still be my name. It goes over a lot of people's heads, but that's it. 
And the same thing on TikTok. There's it's just Kales with an S of the Wild because somebody took Kale of the Wild. And then I have a website that's the same thing, kaleofthewild.com, and I post more like in-depth guides there. So you can find me on all those places, and they're all linked back to each other. So if you only find one of them, they're all there. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, I'll ha- also have all the links in the show notes, so everyone can find you very easily. But yeah, thank you so much for being on. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you aren't already, you can follow along with the podcast at Lifestyle Redesign Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to follow along with me and my travel journeys, you can follow Sam Evans Travel on Instagram or send me an email if you want to reach out at samevanstravel at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.